Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. We'll think about that on Saturday night after we win. Um, I think LSU made it in there before there was only two teams with two losses. So, uh, if I'm not mistaken, does that sound about right? Back in one of those years with BCS. So, I thought they had two losses and made it. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm off on that one. So, But let's see. Uh, let's, let's worry. We'll worry about winning on Saturday night because that's all we can control. That is Dan Mullen. Control the controllables. They didn't control the controllable Saturday night, uh. and now they're in an uncontrollable situation. Mm. Mm. We'll talk more about the SEC championship game coming up. I think it's going to be a better game than people think. I really do. Yeah. Uh, and maybe I should just push that because it's on CBS 47 on Saturday night. There you go. I, do I sound like a, like one of the announcers like when it's uh, 24 to 3 at halftime, and you're like, well, I still, you know, listen, come out there. this please team's keep really watching. good in the fourth quarter. We need these ratings. Please drama. keep watching us. It's going to be exciting the second half. <laughs> Stay tuned, please. No, I think I think this is a highly entertaining game. Even if they lose by 17, I think mm. it's a highly entertaining game mm-hmm. because Florida's offense is, is that good. You know, yeah. uh, Jacob Finn, he, he the, punted. 22 times in 10 games for the Gators. It's impressive. <laughs> 22 times in 10 games. It's impressive. I mean, listen, Alabama's defense isn't the Alabama defense you grew up. It's not Rick Catlett's. I mean... Alabama defense now. Well, it's a little bit different. It is a little different, man, but let's see. Like the like last game, scored Arkansas scored three points on him. LSU dropped 17 points I on him. I know. Auburn only dropped 13 points. Kentucky dropped three points. Mississippi State... High-powered offense, Mike Leach dropped zero points. Tennessee dropped 17 points. That's pretty impressive, man. Yeah, well, listen, they're good. Uh, okay. But the offense can dominate a lot of that. Hey, Rick Catlett from the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. How you doing, man? How good is that Alabama defense? Come on, it's going to be fireworks Saturday night. Listen, take the over. Promise you on that one. Uh, yeah, I don't you, care what the over is, you take the over. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, do you... You get what I'm saying, though? Like, it could be a 17-point game at the end of the day, but I think it's going to be a fun watch. Uh, I don't think I'm just saying that because it's going to be on CBS 47. No, I think if you get to uh, – I think Florida loses by 10 to 14. Uh, I think it's uh, something like 62-48. Um, Florida's going to score. Uh, everybody's talking about the LSU game. They weren't ready. They thought they would just show up and win. Um, I think Florida's capable – in fact, I told something, Brent, the other day. I said, it, remember the LSU game last year? Mm-hmm. That's the kind of game I expect there you go. to see. There you go. That's good. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690, joined by Rick Catlin uh, in his final year as the president CEO of the Taxlayer Gator Bowl. Unless you've changed your mind, Rick. No, I hadn't. And actually, I retired in July, but they hadn't replaced me, so they asked me to continue to do it. So they're getting an extra six months out of me that I didn't plan on giving them. But, no, it's all good. It's all good. I'm excited. Uh, we're going to have a great game, good matchup. Uh, COVID's going to screw everything up, but it's been doing that the whole year. And we just look forward to a 2021 and getting back to normal and the new CEO and uh, we've got a really good one coming in, and so we're real happy over here. Wow, that's good. Uh, I I can I, I'm going to ask you this as bluntly as I can ask you. Is it definitely going to happen in your mind, the tax layer Gator Bowl? Well, yes, it's definitely going to happen unless somebody shows up here on Friday. Our game is on Saturday, December, I mean, uh, January the 2nd at 12 noon. They'll get tested at their school on Thursday, fly into Jacksonville on Friday. They'll get the results, and there's a possibility that if somebody 
doesn't have enough players, they, they could do that. But looking at our board, we're looking at some teams that are having no problem with COVID, so we think we're going to be in good shape. Rick, obviously when you're going through the criteria of who to bring in here, what teams, I mean, you know, obviously it depends on the rankings and, like, you know, the wins and losses and all that stuff. Well, let's be honest, with COVID-19 this year, especially with the Big Ten, the wins and losses aren't the same. You know, I mean, there, there hasn't been a lot of games played. So have you had to kind of change your criteria now about who you guys want to play in this game? Well, we have, we have, we, we call it the three-legged stool. We want heads and beds and fannies and seats. Those are the first two criteria. And the last criteria is good television ratings for our title sponsor. Mm. This year, uh, we're limited as the Jaguars are to capacity of 16,000. Um, we don't expect to have a lot of people traveling because of the COVID. Um, so we've given up on the idea of heads and beds and fannies and seats. And we're strictly focused on television. But yes, uh, this is, um, you look at these teams and you try to get some matchups that will be intriguing for people to watch. And, uh, you know, I said all along for the last three weeks, I'd love Ole Miss and North Carolina because of their wide open offense. North Carolina goes down and beats the heck out of Miami and ends up uh, more than likely playing in the Orange Bowl. So mm-hmm. that kind of leaves us on the ACC side with NC State, who won their last four and finished eight and three. Uh, they're a ranked team in Miami, who's also ranked at eight and two. So, um, from that perspective, we've got we've got some good um, teams that have had some good years. On the SEC side, they're so dang good at the top. Uh, you know, you saw the rankings. Florida didn't drop as much as everybody thought they would. If if they would, if they were within 14 points of Alabama at the end of the game, they probably stay in the New Year's Day six. So, Florida, Georgia, Alabama, A and M are all four off. Uh, the board, and then you've got Auburn, Ole Miss, LSU has decided not to play in a bowl game, um, and Missouri and Kentucky. Those are probably the four teams in our mix, and uh, if I had to guess today, it would probably be between Ole Miss and Kentucky. I don't think you want to have an Auburn team that's fired their coach and in the middle of all the issues that they're they're dealing with right now, and uh, I think Missouri will be off the board. If they beat Mississippi State, they'll be 6-4, and four and they'll be off the board, so um we're, we're probably in pretty good shape to have a good matchup and a good TV game. Yeah, absolutely. Rick Catlett with us on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Uh, recently retired, but still working. President and CEO of <laughs> Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Has is, is it uh, has been hard to kind of step back, step away? I hope you're feeling well, by the way, spending time with the fam. But uh, is it is it hard to get away once you've been in it so long? You know, 29 years have um, not gotten burned out. I could do this for another 10 years if it wasn't for my health. Um, so, um, yeah, it's really, it's, you know, the, the COVID has helped because a lot of the things that you look forward to in our jobs is, uh, not been able to happen. You know, our chairman's club weekend, uh, going to the SEC annual meeting, the ACC annual meeting, the Big Ten annual meeting, those kinds of things you miss, but I would have missed them anyway because even still being here, we weren't having those. I'll really miss it next year, I think, is, is probably the time that you'll really miss it. But I will tell you this, not traveling and staying at home and watching college football on TV, I just have to tell you that's more fun than because I've never gotten to do that in the last 25, 28 years. Yeah. So sitting at home and watching all the games is a lot of fun. Nothing wrong with that. 70-inch TV and just lay back. <laughs> and, and by the way, Saturday, what I, for my money, Saturday, because New Year's Day, you know, you got the bowl game spread out now, but Saturday with all the championships going on, that's the best day now of the year coming up. Yeah. It, it You know, rivalry weekend and championship weekend are the two best, right? Yeah. And, you know, our, our bowl association now calls it bowl uh, bowl um, week. 
and uh, we're going to have some really good bowl games. It, it, you know, I've been disappointed a little bit with the teams that are opting out, um, but you, what do you do, right? Yeah. But the reality is the teams that are going to play are the teams at the top. They're good teams. They're going to play a lot of good teams on the other side. So this is maybe the way it should be, 20, 25 bowl games, and to heck with those other 15 or 20 of them. We'll just <laughs> – We'll stick to the ones that are important, right? Well, we're glad the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl is still there and, and on January 2nd. I, I will say this, and, and I'm looking up. I, I love Ole Miss's offense. So if you get Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin, I, I, I suggest handing out clipboards to everybody, uh, flying <laughs> clipboards, that is. But, um, I mean, you're talking 40 points a game. I think they're third in the country in yards. But you were, you were not, you guys had your eyes on that right prize because what a game that would have been on paper to get the Rebels and Tar Heels who are third and fourth in the country in yards. But still, to get Kiffin and Ole Miss, I think people sleep on the Ole Miss offense because everybody's talking about Florida's and Alabama's. But I think they are right next in line in terms of, like, I will now flip on an Ole Miss game. What the heck am I doing watching an Ole Miss game? Mm-hmm. Because it's fun as heck to watch them play, Rick. It's unbelievable. Great quarterback, great team, and they've been that way a couple of years, and uh, you know, I, I'm kind of looking forward to the Ole Miss LSU game because I think Ole Miss is going to do what Florida should have done to LSU and, and beat them pretty big. And um, you know, Miami let us down as usual. Um, they're a pretty good football team. They got a great little quarterback, but boy, they just wore them out. And it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. Uh, North Carolina's. Uh, it would have been great. I started my career with Mac Brown. It would have been nice to finish it with Mac Brown. Oh, that been a pretty cool bookend. Yeah, very, very cool. Uh, you guys have tickets on sale. What What are the restrictions for the January 2nd game? And whatever you have experienced at the Jaguar games is exactly the, the protocol we're going to use. Okay. Uh, we've got them spaced, about 16,500 tickets roughly. We only have about 4,500 tickets left. Um, the schools are going to get a thousand for one school and seven hundred and fifty to the other school. So forty five hundred tickets. Uh, we're we're keeping the prices low. Uh, premiums. Our partnership with the Jaguars has been outstanding, and they'll handle all the premium seats. So we think between those teams, we probably will have an opportunity to sell the rest of them pretty quickly after. We make the announcement Sunday. That's awesome. Uh, uh, let me ask you to kind of keep you for two more questions on college football in general, or maybe even college sports. Sure. But uh, the final four: What is your take on Ohio State and and these conferences? That uh, you're a southeastern co- uh, football guy, you know, whether it's ACC, SEC, mostly SEC. Um, but what's your take right now on Ohio State? Uh, this committee has has been tasked over the years to say, "Give me the four best teams," but in this COVID year, where the games are mismatch in terms of how many you play uh are you okay with the buckeyes getting in if they win saturday if they win saturday i think that they they should win i, don't, I think the bn because the uh, big 10 uh championship even though they played a limited number of games but let's fast forward if they'd have played a full season ohio state would have would have probably if they lost the game it'd probably only be one so yeah i, I think i'm okay with ohio state being in there if they win saturday had they not played the championship game, I would have been opposed to them being in there. And you're really going on um, tradition and history of Ohio State. They have dominated when they've played, uh, but they hadn't played anybody. There's nobody in the Big Ten that's any good this year. I mean, you just run down the Big Ten, and and um, it's just you know Michigan, Michigan State, uh, all the traditional teams. I, I really love the Northwestern coach and, and all that, that they've done at Northwestern, but is Northwestern really that good? No, probably not. Um, and I had the same issues with Coastal Carolina and Cincinnati. 
put them both in the SEC and they can play 10 SEC games, and I promise you they would not be undefeated. Yeah, although you put them in the Big Ten this year, and maybe Cincinnati does run the table other than Ohio they State. Probably, <laughs> they probably would have won all the games except for the Ohio State game. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so I have one more for you. We're getting into this new time frame of college sports where likeness, likeness and image and there's there's a, a proposal on the table just over the I think the last couple of days this has really popped up about reform in college football and Congress I'm sorry college sports and and Congress getting involved. Do you think we let's just say a casual observer, not somebody in the weeds on college sports, will notice something big over the next I don't know three to five to ten years at the way college sports is operated because of all the dollars involved? Yes, I do, and I think. Uh what we need to do uh, in college football for sure is to have a, uh, you know, a commissioner of the college football thing. And I think that they ought to, they ought to turn it over to the conferences to run. Uh, I think the last thing we ever want to see is Congress get involved in anything because they can't even in the worst crisis we've ever had in our country, come up with a, with a COVID relief bill, uh, too much politics. So keep them out, keep the NCAA out and let the conferences run it. Um, I think there has to be a reckoning coming because TV can't continue to pay the bills. I think it's a matter of time where $150 million athletic director's budget in Georgia or Florida is out of hand. Um, you start, you know, everybody talks about football. You talk about paying college football coaches $8 million. How about paying a women's baseball team, a, a softball team, a million dollars to coach a softball team mm-hmm. with no revenue coming in? So I, I think there's going to be a change. Title IX is always going to exist, and so it will be the detriment of men's sports uh, based on that, that, that you'll see some of the universities have to cut back on the amount of sports that they do other than football. So right. that's the problem. Yeah, Rick Catlett uh, from uh, Tax Slayer Gator Bowl in retirement, uh, but we still call him the president and CEO of the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Uh, hey, great to catch up with you. Always uh, love your thoughts on, on all the college athletics, and good luck uh, with the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl January 2nd, noontime on ESPN right here in Jacksonville. We look forward to the Sunday announcement. Happy holidays to you and your family. Brent, you've been a good friend all these years, and thank you, and, and uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. You too. Uh, thanks, Rick. Appreciate it. Uh, looking uh-huh. forward to the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl coming up uh, January 2nd. There you have it, too. Uh-huh. I was curious. Uh, with all these teams opting out, are you definitely going to have it? Now, again, Rick gave the doomsday scenario of what if, right? What if somebody, the team were to come here, and then you get all these positive tests, you don't have enough to play. That's certainly uh, plausible. You know, in, in any game that's happening these days, but uh, it's on. You know, they're they're pushing forward, and they're gonna. They almost had a really nice game with that North Ole Miss North Carolina would have been something. I, I'm telling you, I would sign up for that and watch that every day. Yeah. Uh, you know, because we can talk about it. And I think I was critical maybe of it earlier in the year, or somewhat critical. Just the observation of are they playing defense? Well, the bottom line is those games are the most fun to watch. Like, I, I'm seriously never tuning in an Ole Miss game. Like, I, I just don't. But Ole Miss is fun as heck to watch. Like, I want them on when I get home yeah. on a Saturday night, and I hope they're still on at 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock so I can watch it. Listen, any team that drops 48 points on Alabama and Nick Saban, they got my respect, especially on offense. So I love Ole Miss uh, to come to Jacksonville in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. And I'd like to have uh, Lane Kiffin on the show. We can do a little uh Double feature of stay in your lane, if you will. Ah, I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks to Rick. Uh, he's done it for so long. He knows the ins and outs of, of college football, mm-hmm. uh, especially. He knows how it all works, and, and he's been battling some health issues. So I'm sure everybody uh, appreciates that uh, Rick stayed on uh, this year to help out with this January 2nd Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, especially of all years this year, where you have to do things uh, a little bit uh, different. So the, the Big Ten's not featured. Does it switch off every single year? Or like what's? It, it's still it's uh, now it's 
ACC-SEC. Oh, that's the all Big it Ten is? was involved. It was last year, the up Big until, Ten. I think it was last year, up until last year. Yeah, because... And, and on a rotating basis, like, yeah. you had to use them a certain amount of times in a certain year stretch. Okay. Um, and I don't even have it in front of me right now, so I don't want to say it wrong. But I believe now they've... I think it is just SEC-ACC yeah. now. Uh, but the but your question is not wrong in terms of how will the bowl games even you know mm-hmm. trickle because depending on who you get first pick do you want the first pick of a team that played maybe nine games or does it even matter for the bowl game right I mean do you yeah. want uh, do you want well Indiana is now a bad example because they don't have Penix Jr. playing True. but like I Indiana guess you want entertaining games yeah you know? you, you, that's what you match up but like Rick yeah. said you want heads and beds you want some ticket sales and you want entertainment for TV purposes. Well, I think they're going to win big with that noontime game if they get Ole Miss. Yeah. Because, again, TV purposes, Ole Miss will be a great draw. So, right now, I want you to play matchmaker for the Gator Bowl. Who would you bring here to town? Oh, boy. Like, I mean, if you're going to put the, the – and keep in mind, well, like, I'm taking Ole Miss, okay? I think Miss. I've been heavy on that. I mean, Ole Miss is a front runner to be here yeah. in the tax Gator Bowl. And, and I think and people I are like talking it. North Carolina, so that yeah. made a lot of sense. But uh, now North Carolina beats Miami, so that's not looking good. So who would you put against Ole Miss then? Didn't Rick just say Miami's in play here? I think he did. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would go with Miami. Then. Miami. Okay. I would go with Miami because I like the – I'm pretty sure he said Miami would be in play, yeah. even with two losses. Okay. Uh, because they're going to get bumped from the Orange Bowl. So if he said that and that's accurate – you know, I know he, if he said it, it's accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I heard him correctly, well, then I would go Miami. Not because of the draw, because I think it's entertaining. Derek King. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. uh, and Matt Corral, and you can you can have a shootout potentially. Although I think NC State is is heavily in play here too, mm-hmm. so you could get NC State. But I think the draw is Ole Miss. I really do. I think the draw from a from a watching a viewing uh, standpoint, from TV on ESPN standpoint, is definitely Ole Miss. And the flying clipboard, <laughs> the flying clipboard. I'm not mad at that. Um, I think a dark horse that I would consider um, might be Virginia Tech. Because it could be a no, clash. Virginia Tech said not playing. Oh, they're, they're out. out. They just opted out like yesterday or two okay, days ago. Scratch that. Then. No, Never but mind. that would have been. That would be yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. But but you're Man, right. Man, it's hard to keep. Okay, I got you. And then Boston College opted out as well. So they're uh, out. Pitts opted out. Yep. So you're really again. I mean, I mean, <laughs> it's Slim Pickens. Yeah, and it was interesting to hear Rick say that you know he's not a big believer in the teams that have opted out. Like he doesn't like well, the fact that they're opting out. Um, which is, I mean, I get it from his standpoint because well, of it's course, a business, yeah, because but. It, I can see the other side of it, too. So the so. Cheez-It Bowl right now or, or has Miami versus Texas. That's an ACC Big 12 matchup. Is that featuring Jason Fitz on commentary? <laughs> it should. Yeah. At least Mike Golick Jr. and Jason yeah, Fitz. Fitz. Maybe a little halftime performance? Uh, let me ask you real quick. And I'm not getting Again, I don't want to get into the weeds on this thing, but it's pretty fascinating. College football, you know, this congressional proposal that has to do with name, image, likeness, revenue sharing. Mm-hmm. Medical care for longer term, education transfers. I like that. You know, do we can we get carried away with it? Is likeness and image just is that good enough for now? Pay to play potentially is that good enough? Does that satisfy? Uh, even this a whatever million or billion dollar business? Yeah. Does that satisfy people enough? The likeness and image. So, so right now it's progress. So that's a start. I think it would satisfy a lot of people. But in terms of, like, health insurance or a recovery, like, listen, once you are done playing college football, that's it. You, you're under your own insurance, whatever you want to do. And let's be honest, it, it's a very strenuous sport. It's a very physical sport. And some of those college football experiences, those injuries, it lasts you forever. So 
I wouldn't mind seeing extended health care because now you're taking care of not only you know the future guys but also the past. Um, and that's a nice bridge. So while I think the likeliness is a great start, I think to put it in the next step and the evolution, I think you know the, the health care after you graduate could be an interesting thing. It is interesting. You don't want Congress involved. But the NCAA hasn't been able to figure it out. Mm-hmm. College is kind of everybody's all over the place. I mean, look at the COVID stuff alone. I mean, you can't figure it out. It's so messy. Mm-hmm. Who's running the show? Presidents, ADs, big-time coaches. I don't know if I want Congress figuring it out either. That seem to if that's what it sense. takes, Brent. If that's what it takes. I think this proposal had like $50 million over the first couple of years to start it. Mm-hmm. So it would actually come out of like taxpayer dollars. So maybe that is what's, what they would sign off with initially. Yeah. Uh, but then who's footing the bill after and all that stuff? Uh, it's fascinating. Um, but I do think what Rick said is right. I think the landscape of college sports is going to look different over the next handful of years, and it has looked for the previous however many years. Uh, when we come back, we'll give you an update on the state championships uh, and a thought or two on that, plus a visit with the winning coach from last night brought home some hardware. It's on the way on ESPN 690. Austin Lane. I had braces. I still have my permanent retainer in. It's been knocked out twice. Brent Martineau. So it's not stuck in there. No, it's not stuck in there. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Being able to go on the wall down as a great. A lot of people can't take this away from us. Knowing that we had a shaky first half. I threw a pick. I just give it all to my teammates. My teammates really believed in me. They told me halftime. We got this. I'm, but they behind my back. And that was all the encouragement I needed. And we came out second half and made plays. And really the switch was our team just never folded. They came together. We gelled. And we just came out and got the W. That's Ja'Cory Jordan, but I'm stymied by the music here. Yeah. Oh, just I, feel like, I feel like this is I'm either getting a massage right now. It's or this is gonna be like stuff. it's not Celine Dion, like the start of the like Oh now it's not. Oh no, this is like Blade Runner or something. I like it. We switched Dude, this over is, um, This is like uh did you ever play probably not because you're too young. Double Dragon growing up? No, I it's right out from Mag or like that or like Streets of Fury. Yeah, you're you're too young. I was Brent, you play, you play Streets of Fury? You're too old. Man, yeah. I'm just right in that pocket, right in the honey hole. You got me thinking about it, though. I was joking that everyone in, in Jags media is excited because Miles Jag was talking about how he wants Doug to come back. And I yeah. was just like, I'm just happy he, talked to, he plays Call of Duty on Sunday. Oh, he plays Call of Duty? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Sweeping the nation. Who doesn't? He also, uh, he's a beekeeper as well. That's right. So we're all big Miles Jack guys. I wish she'd hit me back, though. I wish she would talk wish. to me about bees, but well, it is what it is. Him that day. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? Because I got we some... We could have talked bees. Because, like, I know, man. We're going to talk Iceman. We're going to talk bees if he had just called I got in. some real nice custom bee box with your name on them, but... Kuz, uh, real quick. Uh, well, well, Kuz is on the phone. We're getting Verlin Dormany on. But we got to find out later on, did he open the Xbox? Oh, yeah. Not yet. <laughs> He's so pondering. What does your wife want you to do? Oh, I'm sorry, fiance. <laughs> I feel like that decision is going to be either it's going to be an old fiance or a wife. I feel like that decision could put it over the top. I feel like I you know. Think the I feel like five months from now, when we're talking, still doing this show, succeeding, thriving, 
ratings off the table. I feel like when Kuz is in here and we're talking about a married man or a single man, it's going to come down to that one decision. How does she feel about it? She uh, she doesn't necessarily care, but now that no, there's just cares. a box sitting in the middle of the living room, she wants that to Kuz, change. In this pandemic right now, in these quarantine times, I promise you she cares. How many TVs you guys got? We have two. Well, she wants another one, but we have two. She cares. Is Coach on? Coach is on. So, Verlin Dorman is on right now. Coach, I know you just want to stay championship number eight. Congratulations. But first, can you coach up young man Justin Kuzard? He's our producer. And he, <laughs> yeah. he got an Xbox. And, you know, you pay like $500 for those things, Coach. So he's debating whether to turn around and sell it for like 1000 or just open the darn thing up and use it. What, what would you advise him? Take the money. <laughs> Take the money and run. Take the money. Uh, hey, uh, congrats. What a win, huh? I mean, golly, you were down 16 to nothing over Shamanad Madonna, a perennial power, uh, and, and you did it. You pulled it off to Corey Jordan and, and Marcus Burke, a couple touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Uh, you, you still on an emotional high from that one? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, I went to bed at 3 o'clock this morning and, uh, um, yeah, just uh, uh, trying to catch up, you know. But uh, the kids played a great game, a great game. Verlin Dormady with us, uh, Trinity Christian football coach here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, fresh off uh, state championship number eight. And, you know, I was thinking, I was watching that game, and, and Marcel was there, and I'm watching kind of the play-by-play of it over Twitter, and I see fourth down and seven, and I say, Please throw it to Marcus Burke. Just please yeah. throw it. Like, don't you, I mean, don't you, you kind of have to. I don't know if you dialed it up for him. Like, what was the play on fourth and seven, your final gasp? You know, um, one, credit to Coach Ross. I mean, he really dialed it up. It was phenomenal. Uh, we, we knew we were getting uh, double coverage on uh, um, Burke. So uh, we went five wide. So they had to slide the safety in to cover uh, Caleb. Where he'd put the um, you know, three wide, three on one, two on the other side, and the two side we had Caleb and uh, Burke. Well, the safety had to slide back over the top to take care of Caleb. Caleb run the skinny post, you run Burke down the sideline, and as soon as Jacory threw it, uh, Ross turned to look at the stance, just held his hands up, touchdown. Like, <laughs> wow, he knew it. <laughs> uh, that that feels good as a play caller, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, it's unbelievable. You get it close to Burke, he's gonna catch it. And uh, uh, Jacor did a great job last night, Coach. I know you haven't really had a chance to reflect on the year quite yet. I'm sure you're still, you know, you're celebrating. Uh, you're still amped up, obviously. But as you go forward now and you reflect back on this team, and, and every single title means something different. What does this title mean to you? And what are your takeaways from the team that you you had this year? You know what? I think uh, it's just a tribute to our kids because uh, um, you know we didn't play well last year. And uh, we didn't play well as a team last year. So for us to regroup, come back after losing the first game of the season, we had to battle through injuries all year long. We we never did play with all of our bullets on offense all season long. Mm-hmm. You know, at some point, one of the top three um, offensive players was hurt. And uh, um, But for these kids to um, get better each week, you know, and um, – you know, win 12 in a row. I mean, you can't say enough about the defense. I mean, our guys did a great job coaching these kids up, and these kids played hard on defense. They ran to the football and were they were really, really aggressive and violent and played played the game like it's supposed to be played. And, you know, 
for that to happen and see them build on that each week and get better and better and um you know and then last night was you know just uh, i mean it was just icing on the cake Trinity Christian head coach Verlin Dormery, fresh off a state championship last night in Tallahassee, Class 3A, be the only local state championship uh, for the Jacksonville area. University Christian falls yesterday. Bulls just lost uh, to Cardinal Gibbons, 35-21. to So comeback fashion, big-time win in the final minute. I mean, that's kind of what you dream of, too, those those state championships when you win. You like to win them as a coach probably just going away, but for the players, they'll remember this. And I, and I can't. Help but think of Marcus Burke. He signs with Florida yesterday morning, so like probably 7 a.m., and then right. later in that day catches two touchdowns, and he has missed some time with some injuries, I believe, over the course of the season. So I kind of think of it in that perspective, right? We love high school sports for that day, and it doesn't have to be a star player like Burke. Could probably be You probably have five, six, ten, twelve different stories that, that these kids will be telling that at a local watering hole when they're 55. Um, whatever Marcus Burke does at Florida, whatever he does beyond that, this day is going to be special to him no matter what. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, and he's just the kind of kid that uh, um, you know, he just goes about his business. He works hard. And, you know, when he gets the opportunity, he makes plays. And it's, it's, it's hard to, uh, um, it's hard. I don't know. You don't just, you don't coach that, uh, because that's either in a kid or not. And, uh, I'm telling you something, Burke's got it. Yeah, that it factor is big. I was going to ask you that because Sean Wade obviously he could be a first round pick. He's not playing his lights out as he had hoped uh, so far this year, but I still think he's got uh, the ability to be a first round pick. When Sean left, and, and Sean was Sean was our uh, Friday Night Blitz Player of the Year that year, so he was excellent in high school. But and he's going to Ohio State. Did you think that you'd be like, hey, he could be a first-round pick. Like, he's going to play at that next level. And, and I guess I asked that in the context of, like, when you look at Marcus Burke, he's obviously going to a Florida team who's, who's very good, a program that's very good. Do you see Marcus Burke, if he reaches his full potential, as playing on Sunday someday? Absolutely. The kid's got a burst that you can't coach. I mean, he's extremely fast. He's got an incredible set of hands. You know, I think the biggest thing they'll have to work on when he gets to the next level is just route running. Understanding defenses, understanding, you know, where to be based on the um, <laughs> coverages you're going to get. But, uh, um, you know, he's, he's got all the upside there is. I mean, you know, he's long. He's at least six, three and a half, six, four. You know, they'll put weight on him. But, uh, um, he's, if, if he can't play in the NFL, then I, I hadn't coached 30 years. <laughs> there you go. Uh, there you go. Uh, we'll, we'll wait and see and see what happens with all those guys. Uh, what a phenomenal team and, and a great boy. There was a stretch in that season, coach. I think you guys allowed like 10 points in five weeks. I mean, you talk about your defense playing well. And you didn't even go to Georgia this year, right? No. And that's probably why we lost the first game. Yeah. We didn't go to Georgia. You know? <laughs> all right. Hey, I got to you know, ask, ask you uh, this before we let you go. There's been rumblings around at times over the last year or two. Uh, you might be getting close to saying goodbye, hang it up. Have you done enough? Is there any thought of that? Uh, any thought of retirement now that, that you have done enough? Eight state championships, you just uh, won another one? Uh, you, you still got a lot of energy and hunger for it, or are you, are you thinking about it? Uh, you don't know, Brad. I just, you know, I take it year by year. Uh, i tell you what I really enjoy. I enjoy coaching on Friday nights and seeing my grandson run up down that field <laughs> and having a great time. Um, running up the field last night and him, you know, he knows every score of every game, what they were playing, who we're playing. 
He calls me on game day. Coach, it's game day. We're getting, you know, it's just, it's one of them fun, it's one of them fun things. So, anyway, it's, it's one of them nights. I mean, I'm sure it's right around the corner, but, uh, um, I'm going to make, um, a great middle school coach for Trinity one day when my grandson's playing middle school. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, good stuff. Hey, happy holidays. Congrats on the win. Uh, give our best to all the, the, the players and coaches too. Uh, well earned win there to, to get another state championship. Hey, thanks, guys. Merry Christmas. You too. Christmas. Uh, that is Coach Verlin Dormady, Trinity Christian. And uh, there's been some discussion about, about whether he'll retire soon, but I do see him with those grandkids, and, yeah. and uh, that maybe does keep you around, hanging around in it. Well, listen, all I'm going to say is, depending how old his grandkids are, if they're in the five or six range, I might have my son go to Trinity Christian then, and we can kind of get a little powerhouse team together uh, right now at the age of five and six. Well, let me tell you this. You're not the only dad that has said that over the years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There are many a dad that have found themselves yeah. and their kid to Trinity Christian for good reason. Yeah, yeah. Around a lot of talent. Hopefully they have a great band program, because I know they have a good football program. So, no, hey, Trinity Christian, how's that band program? Hit me up, and I'll take a look-see. Uh, they have set quite the standard. Uh, once again, the high school football season over for our local teams as uh, Trinity Christian wins the state championship in 3A. University Christian falls in 2A, and uh, Bowles just lost this afternoon in Class 4A. We'll have a Blitz scoreboard show to sum up the year tomorrow night, 9 o'clock right here on ESPN 690. We'll also have the Blitzy's Award Show. We'll get Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, Team of the Year, Game of the Year, other awards coming up 1030 on Fox 30 on Saturday night. Hope you can join us uh, for that. Hope you can stay with us right now. We'll talk more football right after this. Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690. Doug Marone's impact on this football team moving forward. What is it? What has it been? Talk a little Coach Marone next. So typically um, after the season, we'll kind of like high class uh, high classified information, but typically we'll like meet with Shad, uh, Mr. Khan, um, after the season and, um, sit down in his office and talk to him about certain things and like he'll ask us what we do and don't like. And, uh, me personally, I, 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 I just have a lot of love for Doug. I just feel like it, it's just been a rough year for him. Um, the, the, the 2017 year when, when we were really good, I felt like he didn't get enough credit. And then the years when we were bad, he got, you know, he kind of had to eat that. I'm, I'm always riding with Coach Marone. We've had like a lot of personal like conversations and just like things that I've had to get over and deal with that he's always had my back with. And even when I've been wrong in certain situations, like he's always had my back. That's Miles Jack. Listen, Doug Marone along the way. I don't know if he was, I don't feel like he was always like this. And maybe this is just bad on me. Mm-hmm. But you got the sense in the past, if you talk to Buffalo folks, it was kind of 50-50 in the locker room. I mean, we're all in on Marone or we're not on Marone at all. That was kind of the the tone out of Buffalo. Whether that's accurate or not, that was the tone when Doug got hired here. I remember reading all these articles and seeing stuff and, and doing some research on it. That was the tone. Then he comes in under Tom Coughlin. And you get these two guys that are, you, you kind of think they're hard asses, right? And, and they're going to play physical ball and they're not going to take any crap from anybody, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it kind of is that way for a bit. But then you see this detachment from Marone more to be a player's coach. Like, like I can, I'm not going to, he, he would probably hate this because he doesn't want to be in this. He's different personality wise. But is, is Doug Marone any different than Gus Bradley in terms of a player's coach? Again, I'm not talking style. I'm talking about. You would label him like you would label Gus a player's coach. Correct. Are you? Do we label? Should we label? Is it accurate to label 
Doug Marone a player's coach? Um, I'm not going to do it just from what I've seen. Like, obviously, Miles Jack has his back, and I'm sure a lot of guys in the locker room have his back. Um, so, like, if you have the respect of your players, well, you can be a player's coach, per se. But to me, a player's coach is more of a guy who, when there's two roads to go down when, an, uh, when, a, when a football player messes up in training camp, do you chew that guy out in front of everybody, in front of the fans, in front of the media? Or do you go around it, you crack a joke, and kind of put your arm around him and say, come on, man, you, you have to be better than that. To me, that's a player's coach. Now, you know, I've seen Doug Marone in capacity in his coaching style at training camp, and he's not afraid to chew somebody out, right, yeah. get after somebody. So I think he's done the rare job of becoming a player's coach with an old-school mentality. Let's just say it like yeah. that. I think he's adapted. Yeah. And that's why I asked the question. That's why it's hard to peg him. Mm-hmm. And so much so, like, we have a hard time. Uh, listen, I think the criticism of Doug Marone is what is his identity as a football coach. Mm-hmm. And I think in a strange way, I think his identity as a from a coach-player relationship has probably changed over the years. And maybe they all do. Mm-hmm. But this one has noticeably changed, or at least it feels that way. Doug might say, I haven't changed a bit. I don't know, though. It feels like he has. You know, hey, listen, Nick Saban, from the outside looking in, is as tough as nails as anybody. But she also, I, I think, when needed, supports the heck out of players. Probably puts his arm around players. Unless her but name you, is Ronnie Harrison. But you just don't see it, I think. You just never see it. You never feel it. Yeah. But the players probably do. Um, unless her name is Ronnie Harrison. <laughs> I mean, didn't they have a little they did spat? Have a little, yeah. Well, they did a little spat after the kid. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure there are plenty of those, too. Like, no, there's players... Sure. Everybody's got a doghouse, right? No, for sure. Yeah, what what you like? I, mean, I don't know. Is Doug Marone put his armor on Gardner Minshew these days? I don't know. call. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Like the guy who we see at practice who yells and, and swears. Like, listen, 99% of any coach would do in football uh, past the the point of high school would do. Um, who you like? Who you see on the field is probably the different guy who you see behind the scenes. And I think that's what Miles Jack was alluding to a little bit, where I'm sure they've had those in-depth conversations, you know, because that, like, people got to remember, especially during training camp and during the season, like, you're seeing your teammates, your position coaches, the head coach, even more than you're seeing your family sometimes, right? So it becomes like a fraternity. It becomes a brother. It almost becomes a family where it's like, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent. I'm stuck with you, Yeah. right? So you try to make the best of the situation. So I think that's what Miles Jack's saying right here where, hey, if Miles Jack's going through somebody, I mean, you might as well tell kind of the the general, kind of the captain um, who's supposed to lead the ship because guess what? You see that guy a lot more than you can see a, a girlfriend or a fiance or a wife or even your kids sometimes. Give me an idea. How many times? In, in your years, how many times did you talk? Did you have conversations with Jack Del Rio, with whether it was Andy Reid, whether it was who was that was Schwartz at the time? Jim Schwartz. Um, in Chicago, it would have been what's his name? Mark Tressman. Tressman. Yeah. Uh, how many times? Like, if would it be less than five? Would it be between ten and twenty? In terms, would of- it be over twenty-five? Like, how many times did you have conversations? Because I, mm-hmm. the reason I ask you this is, I think Doug does a nice job of this. If you I think if you talk to players, a lot of people talk like Miles Jack. Yeah, I had conversations with. Mm-hmm. I have conversations with. Doug Marone even says, I have conversations with. There's a lot of conversations being had with players, not only in team meeting, yeah, but I think on an individual basis. I feel that. I don't know what the number is. Yeah. But I guess how would you characterize in your playing career how many times you would actually have like 
hey, hey, how things going? What do you need? Anything I can help you with? All this kind of sure, stuff. So whatever sure. it might take place with the coach. So with the head coach. Yeah. So with Coach Del Rio, zero times. Um, and that would have been for two and a half years. Um, not, not because like, listen, not because he did anything because I was a rookie and I was a second year guy. I was young. I was stupid. I didn't really need to talk to anybody. You know, like I yeah. thought I, uh, that I had it all figured out. Um, I it's thought my, you didn't, I know, uh, I thought that, no, you're, <laughs> you're not lying there. Um, coach Malarkey, um, I never asked him for anything, but I found myself having conversations, not so much about like football per se, but just about everyday kind of life because I felt like we were kind of cut from the same cloth, right? Like that was the year I had my Liz Frank injury. He was very aware of it. Um, I think he appreciated that I didn't want to go on IR and I wanted to fight through it, which I did. And he let me do that. Um, so like, I think there was a mutual admiration there because he was a former player himself. And, uh, I think he, I mean, I don't think he ever had a Liz Frank injury, but I think he knew it was the kind of like the pain that I was going through and I was trying to, you know, be there for my teammates and stuff like that. I mean, he, he made me a captain for the Thursday night football game. So I think we had a mutual respect and a mutual understanding, even though we're born in completely different decades. Um, just what the game of football meant to us. Interesting. So there was that one. Uh, Jim Schwartz in Detroit. No. Um, Andy Reid. Andy Reid was more just joking. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, just like, kind of passing by. But, but that's what makes him so great because you could be in a stretch line doing something, and all of a sudden Andy Reid come up to you. He's like, "Hey, so you've been to Oklahoma Joe's barbecue yet?" And I've been like, "Yeah, I was, I was at the gas station one." Right? He's like, "Yep, yeah, that's the one right there." <laughs> hey, you know, it's like a two-hour wait, right? But that brisket's worth it. I'm like, "Yeah, coach." And then he just walks away. Like it's just it's those kind so it's of casual, conver- very it's casual. casual. But you appreciate it, man. It lightens everything up a little bit, especially in the dog days of summer. Mark Tressman. The only serious conversation I had with Mark Tressman was when I got cut. And we got on probably a 20-minute discussion about spirituality. We got on a bunch of stuff, serious stuff, because he said that he was always impressed with how I handled the situation. Keep in mind, coming from Chicago where I got cut twice in one day, and then I go to his office because he didn't want me to leave the organization with bad vibes. Now, I was still upset and everything, but we actually had a man-to-man conversation um, about my life going forward, the attitude that I have, and my mentality. So that was pretty cool as well. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. I, I feel like Marone has a lot of those conversations, uh, yeah. from players saying it, from him saying it, mm-hmm. and maybe more than the usual coach. And maybe he's trying to figure out today's player yeah. in doing that, yeah. you know? And, yeah. and he's made that shift. I never got to the... I want to ask you about him going to the state championship. Should he have gone today? Yeah. Next on ESPN 690. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.